Well, uh, it's that time of year again where, where science is celebrated across Australia through the exciting event of National Science Week. Today we're going to hear about astrophysics uh, and as you may have heard about it on things like the Big Bang Theory, but uh, to delve into it a bit more, joining me today, I'd want to give a warm welcome to uh, Carly Noon onto the Karma Network. Carly, thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Well, Carly, let's start by discussing a, a bit about yourself. You, you graduated with a double degree in, in maths and physics. How and why did you want to explore this area? Why, why maths and physics? Hmm. Well, I, I was actually really lucky that I had, I had an auntie who would come over and she would teach me maths and would have fun maths games. And it was just something that was really enjoyable for me from a young age, thanks to this auntie that, you know, kind of took care of me. And so I, I guess I was kind of given enjoyment for maths from a young age. And then when I got a little bit older, I started to realize how much science and physics and maths affected our everyday lives and how important it was for, for me going forward in this society that, you know, I, sh- I, I felt like I should have known a little bit about that. Um, you know, I should I should understand where we're going and, and how it's going to impact us. And, you know, just really wanted to have a voice in, in that. And so... Yeah, I uh, put my head down and studied it. Can you give us sort of an example of, of some of those things that you were understanding that you were starting to see was actually, you know, a part of your everyday life when you were looking at maths and physics? One of the um, main examples for me growing up was looking at, I, I was watching a lightning show. It was quite late at night and I was quite young. I would have been about eight and I was just amazed by you know, this beautiful lightning show that the sky was putting on for us. And it just lit up the entire land. It was, it was beautiful. But, you know, I didn't I didn't understand how that worked. I didn't understand how our skies worked or how that was connected to the land. And that kind of encouraged me to to understand science a little bit more, understand the physics behind that, electricity, and then, you know, I could apply that to other areas in my life. How does how does my mobile phone work? How does my TV work? Everywhere I was kind of looking around, I was seeing it everywhere. Now, you're an astrophysicist. Can you actually explain what an astrophysicist is? There's a few different labels that we get. So astrophysicist is what I call myself or consider myself. It's the work that applies the study of physics to objects in the sky. Now, another term that we often use is astronomer, and it's very similar to an to an astrophysicist. But a, an astronomer is, is generally more concerned about measuring the properties of objects in the sky. So measuring their location, measuring their brightness, measuring their mass, whereas an astrophysicist is more concerned about the physics of that object. Another term that we get is astrologer. Now, astrologer is is in a whole other ballpark altogether. It's looking at at the different constellations in the sky and then attributing social cues and personality traits to people based off the different constellations that they're assigned. As you mentioned, some of the fields there are quite different. But do you still get questions sort of about, I guess, some of the, those different fields sort of applying to you almost? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess I kind of ask for that, right? You know, <laughs> I'm a, I consider myself a science communicator. And so a big part of that is talking to people about about the world, about how things work, about what's happening. Um, and, you know, I get lots of questions, lots of questions about aliens, of course. Um, my answer is always that, of course, aliens exist. We just can't see them yet. <laughs> Um, and, and talking about those understandings of space, when we talk about Indigenous knowledge, how much did our Indigenous ancestors know about space? Yeah, look, um, this is a really important question and something we, we should have been asking a long time ago. The way that I answer this is, how much do you think Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people knew about the land? Now we know that they knew huge amounts of had huge amounts of knowledge about the land. Well, when we talk about country, we're not just talking about the land, we're talking about the waterways, the rivers, the oceans, and we're talking about the sky. So the amount of knowledge that indigenous people had on the land, they had just as much of that knowledge about the sky. And this knowledge, you know, is incredibly sophisticated and embedded throughout, you know, our culture and our stories and how we did things, how we how we lived our lives. Of course, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are one of the most sophisticated knowledge holders that we know of today and, you know, had an amazing ability to observe the natural world around them. So, yeah, they, they knew, knew quite a lot about space. And do, do you think those understandings from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people over the years uh, about things like space are, are becoming more sort of understood and, and recognised and respected? Yeah, definitely. We're still understanding and uncovering some of this amazing knowledge that was held by the custodians of this land. You know, we're still on that journey. And of course, some of it isn't isn't available to everyone, you know. Even myself as as an Aboriginal person, there's there's knowledge that isn't available to me and it's it sure as hell isn't available to, you know, the rest of the country. So we have to understand the sensitivities around that and, and respect those um those boundaries and those those laws. But yeah, there's there's a huge amount of, of knowledge there. It's it's incredibly important to understand, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were the first scientists. They were the first astronomers. And understanding that, the complexity of that, is incredibly important, not just to us, not just to, you know, Indigenous people, but it's incredibly important to Australians and, um, you know, to, to humans, to the history of, of humanity. And talking a bit about your discoveries, based on your work into astronomy and its link to Aboriginal culture, what's been some of the more significant discoveries that you've sort of uh, made so far? I research the Milky Way and look at what the Milky Way is doing and, and how that keeps going and you know, how we how the Milky Way continues to produce stars. And so that's my my area of research. But on top of that, I am really interested in Indigenous astronomy and learning more about it. Um, I have done a little bit of research into the field, and that was concerned about um, looking at 
different weather predictors that different countries used. And so one of those weather predictors was looking at the sky on a cold night and noticing that the moon often gets a halo around it when it is super cold. And this halo is produced by little ice crystals that are floating up in the upper atmosphere. And a lot of countries across Australia, they would see this halo and they would be able to get an understanding of storms and how likely a storm is to hit, when it's going to hit, um, how bad it's going to be. And they would use different properties of this moon halo, you know, how big it is, how many stars you could see, how windy it is at the time, all these different properties to determine how the storm's going to hit, how bad it's going to hit. Um, and so that's that's a little bit of research that I've done. Another thing that I, I find really, really interesting is the fact that stories that, that were known and passed down on this land are also shared with other civilizations all across the world. So the Greeks and Native Americans and Babylonians and Hungarians and, you know, the list goes on all have very similar stories to what we have. And, you know, being the, the oldest surviving civilization, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, what that connection is, how how we were connected to, you know, the rest of the world. And we still don't know how to answer this. So it's not really a discovery as such, but it's, um, you know, it's a mystery how how we were so connected. So in terms of research, research from astrophysicists and, and your work in particular, how does that sort of actually impact you know, us today? I think it's really important for, for everyone, but I think it's particularly important for us. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were the first scientists. It's about our, our culture and our stories and, and you know, what's relevant to us and, and continuing that. You know, I never really saw science as this important thing, not until I got a little bit older. And then I started, you know, seeing all these things that impacted us, but we weren't a part of that conversation. Now we're starting to get an understanding that, oh, actually, we've been doing this longer than anyone else. And yet we were still being kept out of these conversations, um, these scientific conversations. And so for me, I think, I think it's really important because it impacts us every day. And we should be in there saying, yeah, this suits us, or no, that doesn't really... Um, that's not really important to us and, and we should be able to have input into these these conversations as um, as the first scientists. Talking about young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people from across the country, do, do you think there is, uh, you know, more of an understanding a, a about those different sciences or do you think, you know, more mob are wanting to get involved in science? What, what would you say to those sort of people who may be a bit on the fence or, or like you were saying before, may not um, yet have that connection in terms of what those maths and sciences actually mean to, to them and, and the world around them and, and country and things like that? I think science and tech is well-loved and welcomed into our communities. You know, it's not something that's necessarily new for us. We're quite used to change and we're quite used to new things. And so I think mob absolutely love science and they love tech. You know, we just don't necessarily love it 
in the classroom. And I think that's where the difference is, right? Uh, and I think this is for a lot of people, not not just mob in particular, but I think this is a problem where the exposure that we get to science and tech in the classroom isn't really the same idea as what we think of when we think about science and when we think about tech. And, you know, those two get confused. They're, they're not the same. They're quite different. Um, and school in general can be, you know, a little bit bit rough for people. It certainly was for me. Um, you know, I certainly had a hard time at school and struggled to, to keep at it. But I think what what's really important is, is trying to step outside that, trying to step outside school and see where science is outside of the classroom. And you'll start to notice that it's everywhere. It's about how the ecosystems work, how the animals are surviving off the land and and how we in turn survive off the land and how we contribute to that and you know, it just it impacts everything and it's you know, it's a real shame that our exposure to it in the classroom isn't necessarily what we see outside of that because, you know, it's it's an incredibly beautiful thing to be able to study, trying to understand how things work. And yeah, I I hope you know, if there are people out there, kids, but also older people, if they are out there and they're listening and they're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I love science, science is deadly, to embrace that. And there's many ways that you can embrace that. You know, we have this wonderful resource called the internet now. So, you know, we can literally learn anything we want. One of the great things about this week in particular is it's National Science Week. So there's, there's lots of opportunities to engage in science throughout this week as well. And I think that's the great thing about this week, yeah. It's, it's looking at it from a very positive and engaging point of view where people are going to be excited to engage in, and then learn about this different, you know, different sciences and things like that. We're all excited as, as science communicators. You know, I know me and a bunch of my peers, we, we love science and, and we love sharing our love for science. Um, that, that's something that has been really important to me. You know, I feel quite blessed that I've been able to get the, the education and the knowledge that I have. And the fact that I get to share these amazing things with people just, you know, really makes all that hard work worth it. You know, you were talking about the engagement within the classroom and things like that. You know, we, we saw recently the push from a lot of uh, mob and, and bodies across the country looking to, you know, provide those resources for schools and students to be able to uh, integrate things like, uh, you know, when you're talking about aerodynamics, to talk about things like a boomerang and mm. things like that. Mm, do, do you think yeah. those are a great way as well in terms of getting mob involved and, and being able to relate to things as well within the science space and maybe able to engage people? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for the longest time now, our education system has been very Eurocentric here in Australia which, you know, to a certain extent, there, there are lots of examples that are, are great and really useful, but they're not the only examples that we can use. And considering the sophistication and the wealth of knowledge that we have on our own land, we have from our own people, you know, Boomerang is one example. Woomera is, is another beautiful example of Indigenous innovation. We have so many examples that are relevant to us as you said you know we're able to see ourselves in that 
and it reaffirms our deadliness, really. <laughs> you know, it, it instills a sense of pride, you know. Our ancestors were great, you know. They were amazing inventors, scientists, and that, that's important for us. But it's also important for, for non-Indigenous Australians to see that and to celebrate that with us. And just finally then, uh, if anyone does want to find out a bit more about science and, and get involved in National Science Week, where can they go? Yeah, so really easy. Um, the website is scienceweek.net.au or just Google uh, Science Week or National Science Week. It's really, it's a really great week. It, you know, it takes it out of the classroom. It takes science out of the classroom and aims to show the community um, how important science is, but also how exciting it is. And, you know, we really try and, and bring as many young people into that conversation as possible. Um, you know, what do you think is important? Where do you want science to go? Do you see yourself as a scientist? Do you see yourself in that position? And so all these conversations are, are happening all across the country. There's lots of events. There's definitely events where you are. Um, and so, yeah, check it out.